Hey y'all, and welcome back to episode number 20 of In Killing Color. Today, we are going to discuss a case that I honestly hadn't even heard about pretty much until last week, and that is awful and I hate it. But I got my hands on it and we're definitely about to talk about it. We are going to talk about the untimely death of Anitra Gunn and what happened to her because of her piece of shit ass boyfriend who could not let go of her have y'all heard that story if you haven't by the end of this episode you will let's get to it these are their stories All right, so Valentine's Day is supposed to be like the one time of year when love is supposed to be prevalent. You're supposed to love on who you love on, maybe go out on a little date, maybe get a little something else. But in general, it's just supposed to be celebrating love. But on February 14th of 2020, turned up to be one of the worst days for a 22-year-old Fort Valley State University student named Anitra Gunn, and she turned up missing after going to a college party with some of her friends and her boyfriend. Now, the police were quick to pin the blame on her ex-boyfriend, who was a known abusive manipulator, but there was one huge problem with that. They didn't have enough evidence to arrest him, and he just kind of <sighs> let it go. So, on February the 15th, the next day after the party, um, the residents on Bell Street noticed that something just wasn't right in their neighborhood. There was a white 2013 Chevy Cruze kind of parts, kind of weird. And they were like, hmm, what's that doing here? You know, that ain't right. So the neighbor, one of the neighbors came out and she saw the vehicle parked in between her house and her adjacent neighbors. So when they looked closer, they noticed that the car looked like it had been wrecked and real fucked up in the front and the bumper was actually missing. So, I mean, at that point, of course, we're going to call the cops because we need to know, like, girl, what is going on? Because something's not right. So then the police get there. Um, they look in the car and they see a purse on the front seat. So then they was like, yeah, this ain't just an accident. Somebody ran off. Something's not right here. So also, it's a point to note that the police had been looking for that same car for a while because they knew that it belonged to Anitra. So they go in the car. They look in the purse, they find a little pink wallet, and inside that pink wallet, they find the ID of 22-year-old Anitra Gunn. <sighs> I know that we're starting off kind of heavy because that one is just kind of like, you've been looking for a car, you find it, you find a no person, but you find a bag with the person's ID in it. So that automatically takes it from almost like missing person to homicide. Ugh, awful. Anyway. Anitra was a student there at Fort Valley State, and this was her senior year. She was studying agriculture, and she was just about to graduate. So she was, you know, living her good life. She was getting ready to come up, get into her career, and just flourish in her own right. Um, she was also a server at a local restaurant. She did have a lot of friends and, you know, had a healthy social life. And thanks to those friends, she met a man that would ultimately, literally be the death of her. And his name was Demarcus Little. Now, these two clicked 
hit it off real quick early and y'all know how that goes like oh i met a man girl that's my man yeah we click it yeah however he was in the army and he was stationed about three hours away in augusta so he visited where fort valley was quite often because his aunt stayed really close by so he could get up with anitra easily and it was not a big deal you know three hour drive for your man your girl if you in love you know that ain't nothing so Early on, she was very excited to be dating him. But after a couple of months, her friends was like, mm, girl, something is not right with this man. <laughs> it's something he's not giving. Mm, it's just not giving. And we all understand when somebody tells you a man is just not giving. OK, her best friend was the first person to mention that he was super duper duper controlling and he was hella jealous. The things that we hate in our men folk. OK, we hate it. He would start excessively texting her like back to back to back to back to back. And you know, your phone just blowing up. And if she didn't respond back quick enough, he got really, really, really upset. You know, Anitra was a busy girl. She had to go to class. She had to work and she had to maintain her social life because in college, that's what it's about. Working, coming up and hanging out with your friends. Like, that's it. So... He used to be really, really, really pressed about where she was and stuff like that all the time. And to be quite honest, from what we were told, Anitra said that it was hella super duper duper annoying. Like, child, calm down. So at some point after being texted and all these things so many times, she decided to block him from her phone. And once she blocked his number from like messaging her and calling her, he then slides on over to Snapchat, starts blowing her up over there. So she blocks him on Snapchat. Then he heads over to WhatsApp and starts blowing up. So this man is going from phone, social media, WhatsApp. Get, let, girl, get found. I need you. I need to know where you at. I need to know who you with. Bap, 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 Whole time her friends was like, girl, he is doing way too much. Y'all need to take a break because this is not healthy. And then he just randomly started driving three hours just to show up at her house and be on some stupid shit when he gets there. She was annoyed and hate to say it, she hit the good old, that's my man, I'ma stick beside him. Who girl, hindsight be 2020 when you hear that, I'm, that's my man and I'ma stick beside him, girl. No, we not. <laughs> no, we not. We not sticking beside shit. You're not about to be blowing up my phone, wasting my battery, trying to figure out where I'm at when you know my fucking schedule. You know what I'm saying? Like, calm down. So, DeMarcus had been showing super obsessive and compulsive behavior from the jump of the relationship, but she just chalked it up to, you know, oh, he loved me. He just want to make sure I'm good. He would go off on her, text her multiple times, be real mad, and then start apologizing. So we all know that classic manipulative behavior is giving bombard. I, I call it love bombing. Bomb, bomb, bomb with all this stuff. And then it's like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Let's go on a date. Let's go to your favorite restaurant. Let's make it good. Whatever. Chabu. So she finally got fed up with him and decided to cut the, cut the whole relationship off in November of 2019. And DeMarcus was pissed. Okay. DeMarcus was livid. So I'm going to post this on my um, Instagram and it may be exclusive. I don't know. I haven't decided, but more than likely it will be. He texted her and said, this is a summation because I don't want to read it verbatim. He was like, look, you're playing. If we break up, I'm about to unalive myself and that's going to be on your hands and you're going to have to deal with that mentally. I was already broken and you broke me down some more. 
Maybe next time you won't play with somebody else's emotions. Demarcus, I know you fucking lying. <laughs> so then Anitra texts him back and is like, D, please. Don't blame me because you don't want to live anymore. And she said more things, but it's just kind of like, who puts them... It, you know, the, the manipulative behavior is wild out of here. I'm going to kill myself because you don't want to talk to me. It might sound insensitive, but... Well, big dog, um, I guess I see you at the crossroads. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Girl, <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, it's kind of like... I, mm-mm. Anyway... So, she, at that point, she fell for the behavior. She fell for the, I'm going to unalive myself. So, she ended up unblocking him and ultimately gave him exactly what he wanted. The control he's been trying to get. So, maybe about a week or so later, he found out that she was texting with somebody else. Not sure how he found that out, but he did. So, then he texted her and said, yo, add me back on Snapchat. You playing If you go out with him, it's going to be some problems. And that's on my mama. (sighs) He then says to himself, yeah, I'm about to take care of this. So guess what he does, y'all? He takes one of his homeboys and is like, bro, I'll pay you 200 whole dollars, 200 whole dollars to pull up on this dude and handle him. So buddy, and I'm getting all this from transcripts from the court because these are public information so i'm getting this from the actual transcript the friend says yeah i got that send me a picture and i'll pull up and then demarcus says no just hold up wait about two weeks because i'll be home for leave so do it then so then demarcus in classical manipulative behavior screenshots that conversation with him and homeboy and sends it to anitra for fucking what (laughs) like you want him like you was big loud and big wrong like she was speaking to a man she wasn't out dating him or doing like demarcus please okay demarcus please so after that you know the harassment just kept going kept going and kept going and he continued to coming like doing what he had to do and he would come to her house without her even knowing he would come sit outside hit her up and he would text her and be like, hey, let's just go out. Let's have some pizza. I'm sorry. Da, da, da. All while sitting outside of her house while she did not invite him up there. So it's giving stalker. It's giving get the fuck away from me before I call the cops. OK, get away because I'm not with that shit. I am calling the police in this year of Grace Jones's Internet. I'm not playing around with that. So we're going to fast forward to January 20th of 2020. At this point, DeMarcus has ramped up his stalkerish behavior and he comes out of her house. I mean, sitting outside of her house and he sits there for hours, hours. She's in the house chilling. She texts him and she says, hey, you need to leave or I'm going to call the cops. So he texts her, texts, (laughs) he texts her back and says, oh, are you mad that I'm um, having sex with somebody else? Because we're technically on a quote, quote, break. You can't be mad about that. Meanwhile, he said he was going to unalive a whole person because she texted him. Demarcus, make up your fucking mind because you real out of pocket right now. So Demarcus, now this is going to be key for later. Demarcus drives a black Toyota Corolla. 
So he gets in his Corolla, he leaves and goes home. Not even 24 hours later, homeboy is back and he decides to take the shit from phone harassment to big time personal property damage. He flattens all four of her tires and now she can't go to school or go to work. And for him, this was the payback for not responding, not falling for his shit. And this was he, he was trying to control what she had going on. So she texts him and it's like, Demarcus, really? You flat my tires? Blah, blah, blah. You know. Yeah, he did that shit and he sat outside for it. And it was some bullshit. So she works at this restaurant, like I mentioned. And one day somebody came in to get some food. And his name was Scoot. We're going to call his nickname because I'm not about to give all this information. His name is Scoot. Now, Scoot owned a barbershop next door to the restaurant. And he just started coming in and they became really cool. They were chilling, having good conversation. You know, he would come get dinner all the time. Like it was like, oh, Scoot, he about to come in there because he was trying to shake for it. And good for fucking her. Okay. Scoot was the exact opposite of Demarcus. And she was happy for that for herself. So on February the 5th of 2020, Anitra and Scoot was at her house, chilling on the couch, laid up, and they hear a really loud crash and something thud and hit on the ground. So they were super confused because they were just like, you know, chilling. They didn't really expect nothing going on. So she goes in her front room and she sees a brick on the floor and her front window is busted. And her tires were slashed again. So at that point, Anitra knows who did this. So Scoot asks her, do you know, do you have any idea? Da, da, da. She looks at Scoot and says, nah, I don't know. Oh, Lord. I can't be victim blaming, so I'm about to stop it there. I'm going to say, oh, Lord. So after that, she decides to finally call the cops. And there is transcripts on this. And basically the conversation, the cops are asking her the same thing. Do you know who did this? Do you know who might want to do this? Do you know anything? And she looks at the cops and tells them, I don't know who did it. Sis, come on, sis. Come on, sis. (laughs) All right. So after that, the police left and that was that. Her friends kept telling her that this had gone too far. They needed to get these this man under control because this shit is fucking wild. And Anitra was just like seemingly not bothered or was impressed about it. Not sure why, but she wasn't beat for it. She was like, girl, I don't know. Okay. So none of her friends liked him. None of her family liked him. And rightfully so because he didn't know how to keep his... He was doing too much all the time. But he was a cool guy because, you know, he was a soldier. It's giving PTSD, but I don't know if he had been to war or battle or not. But anyway, so, of course, in traditional fashion, Anitra and Demarcus continued to keep hanging out in a romantic way. So they were still giving up cheeks. And, you know, that made it very difficult to break because... Not only was DeMarcus seeing somebody else, Anitra was also seeing Scoot still at the same time. So one day, he had started texting her and he literally texted her, according to court documents, 60 times in a row. Like, 60. So he says, he gives her another text, the final text on 
February the 10th, 2020, and says something along the lines of, you'll always be mine, even after death. Nobody can take me from you, and nobody can take you from me. And she responds and says, <laughs> Anitra was wild for this one. She says, learn to take an L for once in your life. I'm about to get a restraining order on you. Leave me alone, bro. Final warning. So remember the date I said that was February the 10th of 2020. So on Valentine's Day, February the 14th of 2020, Demetra, I'm sorry, y'all. Anitra was supposed to go to work at her restaurant job and she didn't come. And for her, that was very unusual. She didn't call. She didn't text anybody, say she wasn't coming. She just didn't show up. So after several hours of no response for her friends, family, job or anything, her father got worried. So he called the police in Fort Valley and asked them to do a welfare check on his daughter. They go to her house, check her car is not there. Nobody answers the door. So, I mean, at that point, what else can you really do? So they left. Now, the next day after they followed up with her dad, the next day, her daddy was like, fuck that. Her daddy got on the road, took a two-hour drive to go file a missing persons report for his daughter because that's what a daddy would do, okay? So after two to three days, nobody had heard anything, and then this story had finally hit the news outlets. Everybody was looking for missing Fort Valley student. We're trying to figure out her whereabouts. Everybody was doing these things. Lots of search parties had been sent out. Her friends were on social media sharing her picture, her information. You know, they were really trying to find her friend, their friend because that's what people do. Now, of course, everybody was naturally suspicious of DeMarcus. And so the cops decided to talk to him. And they decided to talk to him three separate times. One, two, three times. So each time they didn't have enough information to keep him. So he had to be let go because that's it. So at some, one point, DeMarcus literally had the nerve to FaceTime her dad and ask, was there any details on the case? Boy, if you don't get your foot. What? Detail. <laughs> the audacity is jumping out. It's jumping out for me. This man even texted her brother trying to do the same thing. And he told his her brother that he was with his daughter on Valentine's Day and he wasn't with Anitra. This man even joined on a search party to help look for her. And here, ladies and gentlemen, is where DeMarcus fucked up. He pointed the police in the search party directly to where he knew her car was. Oh, DeMarcus, the light bulb is on, but nobody is home. If you're trying to get away with it, why would you tell them where the car was? <laughs> so the family was like, all right, all right, all right. It's giving for red flags. But at this point, we still don't know. So at that point, one of DeMarcus's friends named Javon had had enough and he decides to come forward with some really important information that was told to him by DeMarcus. Now, I usually don't do this, but I'm going to do it. This is, he's going to basically tell exactly what happened to 
Anitra and Demarcus was the one who told him it's giving first person facts all right so if you don't like to hear stuff about abuse go ahead and skip forward a couple of seconds if not I'm about to start so the night of Valentine's Day Demarcus Javon and two other people decided to go to a party that was really close to campus so they went to the party they left around one o'clock or so and they all went to the waffle house because you know we love the waffle house after a function because it's just southern that's what he gives is giving southern classic plate we need that so they went to the waffle house and they left probably around 2 2 30 so then they all drive back to Demarcus's aunt's house, which I told you lived very close to Anitra's residence. When they went in the house, um, Demarcus's aunt saw she was awake and she saw everybody come in there. So then Javon and the other person, which I definitely believe the name was Tracy, decided that Tracy needed to go home because she had to work in the morning. So Javon was the one to take Tracy home in Demarcus's car so then they walked excuse me so then Demarcus and Anitra walked back into a room and closed the door so it was at that point that Demarcus decides to fully confess his undying love adoration and need to be with Anitra and guess what Anitra does she fucking cackles in his face I'm sure it sounded something like that. She gave him a good fucking kiki. And that shit pissed Demarcus smooth the fuck off. He started punching her in her face repeatedly. Repeated, repeated, repeatedly. And then at some point, she's still struggling, trying to get her shit out of there. She's trying to like, oh, no, he done went fucking crazy. Hell no. But at some point when you're getting punched in the face by a man in the army or just a man in general biology shows we can't stand up to that so she starts to give up a little bit and once he finishes punching her and she's laying still he starts to choke her and choke and choke and choke until ultimately Anitra was unalive now This motherfucker takes a blanket, wraps her body in the blanket, drags her outside and put her in the trunk of her own fucking car. Then he goes back in the house and goes to sleep. In these crime cases, I will never understand how somebody can unalive a person and go to sleep. (laughs) What? I don't know. I ain't a murderer. I ain't never unalive nobody, so I couldn't tell you. So the next day, he woke up. He left the house. He left his phone at the house, but he took her phone with him. Follow what I'm saying there. He left the house, left his phone, so he couldn't be tracked, but he took hers. He then goes through her phone and starts responding to Valentine's Day messages from her friends and family, acting like he was her. And to be quite funny, this case is strangely relative and strangely similar to that of my friend, 
my girlfriend, my sweet baby, my best friend, my sister, Brittany Michelle Davis, because that man was responding to text messages too. But that's another case altogether. I'm sorry. So he's responding to messages and he ended up seeing a message from Scoot and that got him pissed off. So like a dummy, DeMarcus texts Scoot and asked for his address so he could come by the house so they could hang for Valentine's Day. Whole time, Scoot lived on the same exact street that Nietzsche did. And she had been to his house before, so she knew he she knew exactly where he lived. And that's when Scoot knew something was not right. So Scoot had been there a couple days before, and he had left his work phone at the house. So a couple hours later, he decided to text Anitra's phone and say, hey, I left my work phone at your house, period. DeMarcus texts back and is like, yeah, shoot me your location. I'll bring it to you. At that point, Scoot was like, yeah, no, this is not this is not Anitra. Okay. And also he was very confused after that because he didn't got another message from Anitra saying that they needed to break up. She needed to focus on herself when whole time they wasn't even going together. So Scoot is sitting here with the Kevin Hart confused face because, girl, we wasn't even together. So that's how he knew it was a dead cat on the line somewhere. Okay. So he, he and by he when I say he Scoop was looking out his window just you know looking out the window and he noticed a black car driving up and down the street a couple times looking like they were looking for someone but they never got out of the car and he had never seen the car before so at that point Scoop called the cops like come over here and see what's going on because mm, it looked like somebody's looking for somebody I don't know what's going on so Demarcus then goes to get his friend Javon they get into his car and head to a pawn shop to buy a gun. Not sure for what. Maybe it was for Scoot. I'm not really sure. But once they buy the gun, they go back to his aunt's house and they get into Anitra's car, which still had her unalive body in the trunk. <laughs> so she's unalive in the trunk and you're going to go back and get the car. Okay. So DeMarcus drives about two miles away and while he's driving, he decides to let Javon know what's happening. And he literally tells Javon exactly what happens. He tells all the details of what he's done to Anitra and tells Javon that while they were doing their running their errands and going to fucking Walmart and shit Anitra's unalive body was in the trunk I don't know how he couldn't smell it but that's neither here nor there for me but now like I mentioned earlier in the story when DeMarcus went to dispose of the car he tore the bumper off. So while he's in the car with Javon, after he's telling Javon all these things, he's steadily driving to the place where he dumped her car because he's going to pick up the bumper so he can put it in the car to move it somewhere else. But dumb, smart criminals, a piece of the bumper was left behind. And it just so happened to be left behind right by Anitra's unalive body. 
Yes. So, this is uh, definitely, this is heavy. So, on February the 18th of 2020, the police had still been actively searching for her this whole time. Still searching, still searching. And it was rainy and the weather was not cooperating with the helicopter. So, they decided to get out and go on foot. So, they were out looking and ran across a little pile that had some sticks, some fresh moved dirt, and some other things on it. They looked closer by, and they just happened to find the body of 22-year-old Anitra Gunn there alongside the piece of the bumper that they had forgotten. So they called the GBI, which is the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, to come and identify her body. And that was at that point where they confirmed that she was murdered. On February the 21st of 2020, the police had to come up with some type of way to rearrest DeMarcus because, like we said, he had been brought in several times prior, but they had to figure out some type of sassy way to get him in there. So, what they did was the time when she called and said that her window was busted out of her tires, they went and arrested him for that. And they brought her in, brought him in for property damage. There was a $10,000 bond, and in between the day he was arrested, which was on February 21st, to about five days later on the 26th, DeMarcus finally came clean with what he had done to Anitra. Two weeks later, Anitra's body was laid to rest in her hometown of Opelika, Alabama. It was all of her friends, family, Mourners, people that just knew about it and felt really bad for the girl. Everybody came and it was a send off to be remembered because Anitra did not deserve what happened to her. Now, the trial starts for DeMarcus and his dad goes on record and says, oh, my son ain't like that. He got a good record. He we got sisters. He got sisters. He would never do nothing like that. When I feel sorry for the girl's family, but my kid wouldn't do no like that. Yes, your fucking kid would. And he did the shit. It's period. His homeboy told on him. Homeboy gave details from top to bottom, big dog. In front of DeMarcus at trial. It's not giving snitches, giving boy, get the fuck on because you know you was wild. And you ain't about to have me caught up in this shit. Hell no. Hell no. So at that point. The trial commenced. They did what they needed to do. And ultimately, Demarcus Little was given a life sentence for the untimely, unaliving of 22-year-old Fort Valley State student, Anitra Gunn. This is one of the times where the cases from start to finish gave what needed to be gave the information was here the facts were here the timeline was here they found they did and he got convicted and now he has a death penalty not death penalty I'm sorry he got life well Demarcus I hope it was worth it for you I hope that 
you being so controlling over your girlfriend that was pretty that you really actually outkicked your coverage on because <laughs> you definitely outkicked your coverage with that one, big dog. And that's probably why you was obsessed. <laughs> Mm-mm. So that just, ladies, and this is definitely for ladies. Ladies, we need to pay attention to these signs and these flags because these men folk will try to control you. And when they don't get their way, Everybody, it ain't everybody, but some people can't take it. They can't take it. And it's a shame we have to say stuff like that in this day and age, but we have to. Yeah. So, rest in peace, Anitra. I'm glad there was some justice for your family, and I'm hoping that every day in jail, Demarcus is reaping what he's sowing. Don't drop the soap, big dog. <laughs> Ooh. Thank y'all for listening. I appreciate it. All the research and stuff was done by me, of course. Production by It's the Sweet Talkers. Theme song by Remix Maniacs. And please make sure you follow, like, subscribe, share, comment, engage, all that on all of my social media platforms. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that. And it's the same name, at In Killing Color. I will talk to y'all soon. Bye.